message I spoke about four and a half years ago. It was right at the election, before the election, the last election, not the last one, but the one before. And um, the title of the message is To Stand. And everybody makes a stand. We all may not agree with what people people's stand is, but everybody makes a stand in life. It's a decision, decision they make. Right now, with with all the things that are going on, people are making a stand. Do I get vaccinated? Do I not get vaccinated? Do I stand six foot away? Do I not stand six foot away? Do I wear a mask or do I not wear a mask? Um, do I vote Republican, Democrat, third party, or no party at all? Do I vote or not vote? Um, or do I leave the country altogether because you don't like the things going on? You know, I've thought about it because of the frustration, but in the midst of everything, we have to make a stand daily. There are stands that we make in our religious beliefs, in our interaction with family, friends, uh, where we draw the line and stuff like that. But to stand in this day and age right now, we're in a situation where your mind <clears throat> can just be bombarded with all kinds of things. And it can just put you in a, in a confusion, a state of confusion, where you lose your peace, your joy, you get distracted. Um, so when you talk about an army, an army is to stand. When they go to war, they're to stand unless they're compelled to retreat. As believers, we make a stand concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ, our religious beliefs. We've made a stand in this church to rightly divide the word of God. In Ephesians 4, 13 and 14, let's go there and read those verses. Ephesians 4, verse 13 and 14. Paul says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they light, lie in wait to deceive. In the word of God, when you don't rightly divide, you can be tossed in to and fro with every wind of doctrine because if you take the Bible as a whole, and you read all the scriptures that they all apply to us, you're going to be tossed left and right, to and fro, with every wind of doctrine, because you've got, you can look out there, the religious establishments, you have every wind of doctrine you can imagine out there, because people don't rightly divide. We rightly divide. But today, there's many stands that we have to make. And if we don't make, we may be thinking about making a particular stand, whether we get vaccinated or not vaccinated, and you're going to hear different views. So in those different views, your mind is being bombarded. Okay, should I or shouldn't I? I'm hearing the side effects. I'm not hearing the side effects. I'm not believing that guy. I'm believing this guy. To where you get distracted. Um, in the midst of that, you eventually are going to make a stand. You're going to make a decision. It may not be the right decision. It may be the wrong decision because you may have side effects. It may, you may get sick if you don't get vaccinated and pass on or have real bad side effects from, from the COVID. So in the midst of all that, as a believer, I know when, it was, when COVID was first coming down, I, I think everybody was concerned because nobody really knew that much about it. Um, and it can cause you to be distracted from what our focus really needs to be, and that is Christ 
and who we are in Christ. Um, in Colossians 2.5, Colossians 2.5, Paul says, Colossians 2.5, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the Spirit. Join and be holding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. And that word order means hold the line. It's a military term. So you look at it to stand. So Paul is telling the, the people in Coloss, Colossians, For though I be absent in the flesh and I am with you in the spirit, join and behold in your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. He was encouraging them to remain steadfast in Christ. Our congregation today, some of our beliefs are Apostle Paul is our apostle. We rightly divide the word of God. We understand we are living in the dispensation of the grace of God. We understand that Christ died for our sins and that he was rose the third day from the dead. We understand that there's been a righteousness credited unto us because of we believe that Christ died on the cross for, for our sins and paid the debt for our sins. We believe every word of the Bible. We recognize it as the word of God. And we also believe that our belief in Christ has taken us from out of Adam and placed us into Christ. We are a new creature in Christ Jesus. I could go on and on about these. We know that we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Ephesians 1. But I just wanted to touch on a few things that as a congregation, there are a number of, a number of, of, of doctrines that we've taken a stand on. And we're not going to compromise those. That's where we stand on. Well, what's our source to stand on? How do we know that this is the Word of God? Let's go to 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Well, we see that the Word of God is inspired Word of God. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. Now, you're going to run across people that are going to deny that. Say, well, that's not the Word of God. How, how can that be the, the Word of God? But we recognize it as a congregation here that this is when we're reading the Word of God, it's like sitting down and looking at the face of God as He speaks to us because this is His Word unto us. He created us. He knows exactly what we need. So this is not just mere words on a page. It's an inspired word of God from God. To stand is, we take, to stand means in a fixed position. So we're not going to waver left or right. We're going to stand on that in a fixed position. In Romans 5.2, Romans 5.2. These are some doctrine beliefs where Paul tells us what we have in Christ. Romans 5.2 By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. If you read the verse in front of it, Romans 5.1 Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So when we're standing, we have exactly what it says. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we're standing on that doctrinal belief, and you're going out in your everyday activities, and you may get encounter a, a, a driver on the road, because there's a lot of those that really even shouldn't even be on the road, but we know that we can have peace with God in the midst of that situation. We can be in a store. We can encounter, I'm a handyman, and I go to some of my customers, and some of their um, requests are just not realistic, you know? It's, you know, I'm a, I'm a one-man show here, and I can't do miracles, you know? So I tell them, well, this is what we can do. This is what I can do, but I can't really do what you're asking me to do, you know? That, that's virtually impossible, you know? But in the midst of all of it, I know that I can have peace with God. I know that I'm justified by the faith in Jesus Christ. So in the midst of that, I'm still standing my fixed position no matter what I may encounter or what may encounter me. In 1 Corinthians 2.5, 1 Corinthians 2.5, 1 Corinthians 2.5, it says, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And that's today where we're at. There's a lot of people that have their faith in what man says. And they take man's word as the gospel. Um, in Colossians 2.4, Colossians 2.4, Colossians 2.4 says, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. We're, we're talking spiritual things here in the scripture. But in everyday society, in the secular world, you're going to have people that are going to tell you anything that you want to hear. And they're going to believe that. They're going to take a stand on that. I've met a number of customers that they'll get to, get to talking to me, and I'm thinking, this guy is way, way out there in left field. And I just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, well, I've got to take care of this other matter and go on. It amazes me how people, when they're not following the Word of God, that it seems like all common sense leaves them. Debbie was watching uh, YouTube the other day, and up in Yellowstone they have the buffalo. And there was this lady that got out of her car and got amongst the herd a buffalo. And the one buffalo... I guess with the horn, was tossing her all around and literally tore her pants off of her. And so she's running away, and then they had to get the rangers involved to retrieve her pants because the keys to her vehicle were in the pockets of the pants. And I was telling my wife, I says, where do these people come from? How, how, how could you even think about, about walking in a herd of buffalo? But, you know, if they're from the city, they may not think, Hey, it's just an animal out there. You know, I'm from a farm, raised on a farm, and I know you don't go wandering in a buffalo herd. You know, it's just common sense from the farm. But it, it, it amazed me, and I was just picturing her being thrashed around, and then the pants come off, and, and now she doesn't have any car keys, you know. And what the rangers were probably thinking, we got to go retrieve these keys, you know. And Debbie said the buffalo was marching off out in the pasture, and the pants were hanging off the one horn. I said, Unbelievable. But man can be deceived very easily. That's why God provided us with the Word of God to give us our marching orders, to keep us 
in the proper stance in life. Because without that stance, you're all over the page. And believe me, I've got over 600 jobs under my belt right now, and there are some customers that are way out there, you know. And it just amazes me as I'm listening to them how they could how they could have got to that point. But then I realized that they weren't, they're not believers. And I'll mention, I'll mention Christ, but that's it's not received. I can see on their face they just closed that door on me right now, you know. And so I share a little bit, and then I go on my merry way. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Second Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And we see here that in the midst of our making our stand, that the word of God in us, that this is our temple, and in this temple, it's this earthly carcass here, the physical, that we have a treasure inside of it. You know, and that's the spirit of the living God that we can stand knowing that, that our spirit is alive. It once was dead, it's now alive. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away, all things become new. I mean, that, that puts a bounce in your step. That puts a joy in you. That puts a peace in your mind, knowing that we're no longer in Adam, we're in Christ. So in the midst of all that's going on, we can stand knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. And I'm amazed that some people, you know, there, there have been a lot of medical issues because of um, uh, mental health issues because of the COVID that some people just can't handle it. I, I was with a couple customers when it first broke and the husband was just terrified. He was just so terrified, it was unbelievable. And I'm thinking, man, can you imagine every day being that terrified? But he didn't know the Lord, you know. I mentioned the Lord to him, um, but didn't want to hear it. But I got to thinking later as I was driving away, I said, man, that would be, that'd be horrible every day to, to wake up and live in a, in a terrified state of mind rather than waking up and, and having a peace and a joy and knowing you're in right standing with God. In 1 Timothy 15, 1, it says, 1 Corinthians, excuse me. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which, he, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. That gospel where we stand. In Galatians 5, 1, Galatians 5, 1. Galatians 5, 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. He's made us free from the burden of sin. He's made us free from many, many things. You know, the people today, you can be in bondage to listen to the media. You can be in bondage listening to the radio and the TV to where you're just getting this plethora of information at you, to where it's literally just almost shuts you down because you're just, your mind is just being consumed with all this information about 
what happens here? What, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And you leave in a confused state of mind. Ephesians 6.14. Ephesians 6.14. Paul says, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Philippians 1.27. I'm just going to run a few more, a few more scriptures concerning Stan. Philippians 1.27. Philippians 1.27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Notice it says, stand fast. You know, I, I, I thought that was kind of interesting because when you, when you make a stand, it's make a stand fast. Don't just let it linger on. Make a stand fast, you know. And then, and then Paul says, in one spirit, stand fast in one spirit with one mind. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So Paul's saying, one mind. Philippians 4.1, a few pages over. Philippians 4.1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Again, Paul says, stand fast. Stand. I thought that was interesting, to stand fast. Colossians 4.12. Colossians 4.12. Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Again, to stand perfect. And that, that word perfect means mature. Maturity in the, in the Word of God, who we are in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.8. This is one of my wife's favorite verses. A number of years ago, this became very helpful to her. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And if you read the verse in front of it, it says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things. And then it lists all the things. Because we can... In today's society, you can be so bombarded that you get caught up with it. And you walk away where it's like you've been hit with a, with a mud pie. And it's hit you, and now you're thinking about that mud pie. You're thinking about that issue, whatever it is. Because you know all the, all the things that you encounter every day through the media, through people, through coworkers, through friends. So in the midst of all that, we have the Word of God that directs us. You know, I had COVID, Debbie and I had COVID in October, 
And um, I think I was in bed for like three and a half days, and then I had, I suffered from fatigue, but after three and a half days, I was out working. Um, and Debbie, she had fatigue for a couple weeks. I had fatigue for a week. Um, and then I was over it. it. It was, I'd rather have it than, than the, the flu, because when the flu, you know, you're down, you got the side effects and everything for like weeks. But then I had brain, what was called brain fog is what people said, where I'd get like four jobs in, in an hour, two hour, four customers would call me for a job, and I was like on meltdown status. I didn't know what to do. You know, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm just, what am I going to do? You know, it's, it's too much, you know. And I'd get home, and I'm thinking, man, what's going on? I didn't realize it was brain fog, but I knew something was wrong because usually I don't sweat the small stuff. And that, that was just small stuff. So later I realized even when I was driving down the road, I was super paranoid. I was looking in the mirror, and, and, and I was, like, real, real overly cautious about driving. And, you know, my wife will test that I drive naturally. It's just a natural thing. You know, and now I'm, now I'm looking in the rearview mirrors and the side mirrors, and I'm thinking, what's going on? And then I talked I talk to some people that had it, and they said, you're going through what's called brain fog. And I go, what do you mean brain fog? And they said, it's just a side effect from having COVID, you know. And it's, it lasted for like a couple weeks, three weeks, and then that went away. So as of right now, I don't have any side effects that I'm aware of. Maybe you can all tell me later after the, after the message, you know, if, hey, Keith, I see some side effects still occurring or something, you know, that I'm not aware of. But in any event, going through that, I was concerned. But one thing I did know, I knew I was in Christ. I knew the righteousness of Christ Jesus was credited to me. I knew that I was complete in Christ. And those are the f verses that would go through my mind to keep me on the, on the level. And I was thinking later, wow, if I wouldn't have known those verses, I probably would have gone to the mental health. And nothing wrong going to mental health, but I probably gone to mental health and said, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I think I'm going crazy, you know. But, those, but, the, but the Word of God stabilized me to go through that. Even on, on days when I, I'd go to a job and I'd be, I'd be thinking about that job the night before, where really some jobs I am, I'm trying to formulate in my mind exactly the problems that can occur. But I was thinking about this one job and I was thinking, you know, I said, you know what, it, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. It's going to work. And it did work out, but I was overthinking it from the COVID side effects. You know, when, when Moses is on the mount, and he got the Ten Commandments and stuff, God showed him how to build the tabernacle. And there was a pattern that he, was, that he had showed Moses how that tabernacle was going to be built. All the instruments in the tabernacle, how they were going to be built. In Hebrews 8.5, Hebrews 8.5, Hebrews 8.5, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. So God was telling Moses, you're going to make the tabernacle and all the instruments in it according to this pattern. You're not going to deviate from it, just as I've showed you. 
that pattern was a form that God was, was showing Moses. Today, we take a, a stand that Apostle Paul is our, is our apostle. He's our mes messenger. The risen, the risen Christ Jesus showed Paul a pattern, the Word. When he revealed from Romans to Philemon, the Word of God, that was a pattern that he was showing Paul. Let's go to Romans 15, 8. Romans 15, 8. We don't have the board up there, but everybody here, and I'm sure the viewers. In Romans 15, 8, it says, Now I say that Jesus, excuse me, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the Father. So Jesus was a minister unto the circumcision, which was the nation of Israel. They had a covenant with God. Only the nation of Israel had a covenant with God. Gentiles surrounding them did not have a covenant with God. Only the nation of Israel. And we see that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. In Acts 6.5, there's only two places in the Bible where proselyte is used. And one of the places is in Acts 6.5. Acts 6 5. Acts 6 5. Let me get there. And the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephan, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parpa. Parmenius and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. A proselyte was a Gentile that was converted to Judaism, was now a part of the nation of Israel. That's what a proselyte is. It's a Gentile that's been converted to Judaism. So we know that Jesus was a minister to the circumcision, and we're going to see now where Paul was a minister to the Gentiles. In Romans 15, 16, Romans 15, 16. Romans 15, 16. And I know everybody here already knows this. They know that Apostle Paul, there might be somebody on the internet that maybe just logged on. This will assist with that. Romans 15, 16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. So we see that Paul was sent to the Gentiles. And in Galatians 2.8, Galatians 2.8, there was the 12 disciples. In Galatians 2.8, we see about Peter. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, that was the nation of Israel, the same was mighty in me towards the Gentiles, referring to Paul to the Gentiles. Now we see where Paul said several places in the scripture. In 1 Corinthians 4.16 where he says, follow me. Because some people say, well, why, why are you saying to follow Paul? Well, Paul was instructed by the risen Christ Jesus as an apostle. So 1 Corinthians 4.16 Paul says, Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. 
what Paul was instructed. He was given a pattern, a form, by the risen Christ Jesus. Now we're going to see that in 1 Timothy 1.16. 1 Timothy 1.16. 1 Timothy 1.16. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. That word pattern is the same pattern that was used with Moses and God concerning the tabernacle. So Paul's bringing down a new pattern from the time that he was saved on the road to Damascus. The word that he was given from Romans to Philemon, it's a whole new pattern. 1 Corinthians 3.10 1 Corinthians 3.10 1 Corinthians 3.10, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. There, there go, we know that there's some construction. Those are construction terms going on in the inner man based on the pattern of sound words, the form of, of words that we have in the Word of God, from Romans to Philemon. In Romans 6.17, Romans 6.17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. That was Romans Oh, I read Romans. I was just going to say, well, that's not the right verse. Romans 6.17. Thank you. Romans 6.17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Again, we see that form of doctrine. There's a specific form of doctrine for us in the body of Christ today. 2 Timothy 2.7. 2 Timothy 2.7. That's not the right verse. Maybe it's 1 Timothy 2.7. Well, I'll read it. I've got 2 Timothy 2.7, but that's not it. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. So there's a form in, in the sound words. You know, when they was building the temple in 1 Kings 6-7, that they cut the stone away from the temple building. So when the temple was being built, there was not any sound of an axe, a hammer, or anything of the house of the Lord being built. Well, we're a temple. There's no sound going on. If I, but we know that there's an inner work. We know that we're being renewed day by day in the inner man. But we don't hear no hammer. We don't hear no, well, we shouldn't be hearing any hammer or axe. If there is, there's something going on. But in the midst of that, I thought that was kind of interesting that there was no sound of building the house of the Lord. 
just as there's no sound with us. When that word, when we read that word, there's a building that's going on in there. That inner man is being edified from the form of sound words, from the pattern that Paul laid out from Romans through Philemon. We know that we're being renewed day by day. That construction that's going on inside of us. To stand that the Word of God working in you. 1 Corinthians 5.10 You know, I'm in construction. I'm in, it just fascinates me that, you know, God created us. He knows exactly what it takes to get us where we need to be. To get us to survive from day to day. You know, I, I sweat copper at different locations. And one thing about copper... You can't sweat copper if you've got water in line. Can't do it. Impossible. Guaranteed it'll leak. You can't even get, you can't even get the copper, the, the um, copper pipe to sweat to loosen up if you've got water in the line. You just won't do it. It amazes me how little water, it'll turn to steam, and that steam hinders you from sweating copper. And it can be frustrating because there's been a couple plumbing jobs where the water was in the line. And I had to take a straw on one and literally suck the water out of the line far enough to where I could get it. I need to get a little vacuum pump to suck it, suck it out. If, you can, if it's straight down, that's pretty easy to do. But when it, sometimes there's other plumbing. And once you put that pipe on, you get it heated up. You know, you can put bread in the line. That, that's another thing. But the other day I had one where I had water in line. Two-story house. I was going to put a new handle on the hose bib. It was all stripped out, and I'm thinking, well, here I am. Now i got to take that hose bib off. So I cut it, shut the water off at the house valve. Water's still coming out of the line. I shut the main off at the street. Water's still coming out of the line. And this is like two hours later. So then I'm thinking, okay, upstairs. Let me go open all the, all the valves upstairs in the tub and the shower and everything, the sinks, faucets and everything. And there was an airlock up there. And so now the water, which was dripping before, one drip every five seconds, it slowed down to one drip every three seconds. But still, you got water in line. You can't sweat copper. So I said, you know what? I'm going to have to come back tomorrow. And I told the guy, you know, there was no one living. He just bought the house. And he wanted the repairs done. So next day, I go back. And the drip is like one drip every seven seconds. I said, I think I can get that. You know, so I shoved a paper towel in there, way back in the line. I got everything ready to sweat. I put my big heating torch tip on where I could really get some rapid heat, and I got it sweated, you know. But there was a little steam that came out, but it, it, it held. I got a good sweat on it. But in the midst of that, it can be very, very frustrating. But I know the technique to sweat copper. Just like God knows he created us. He knows exactly what we need to get us from point A to point B. And that's the Word of God. In 1 Corinthians 5.10, 1 Corinthians 5.10. That's not it either. 2 Corinthians 5.10. not it. Give me just a second. I'll find this one. I've got it written out, so let me just read it. 
1 Corinthians 5.10, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace which, which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. He recognized, Paul recognized, the grace of the Lord was working in and through him. In Philippians 1.6, Philippians 1.6, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's not about us. He's doing the work. Ephesians 1.13. Ephesians 1.13. Ephesians 1.13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Notice again. Ye were sealed. He did the sealing, not us. We believed, we heard it, we believed it. He did the sealing on that. Philippians 1.13. Philippians 1.13. 2.13, excuse me. Philippians 2.13. Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Again, it's all about him. It's not about us. Colossians 1, 4 through 6. Colossians 1, 4 through 6. Colossians 1, 4 through 6. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of, of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. Again, it's his fruit. It's not our fruit. We're just reacting to the word operating in, in us, which produces fruit. First Thessalonians 2.13. This is one of my favorite verses. I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm in construction, but it, it, it amazes me. God created us. He knows exactly what we need. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which which effectually worketh also in you that believe. We just believe the word. When we believe that word, and that's what Pastor Rick said, you know, believing is the key. When you believe that, it's not about doing. When you believe that word, that word goes to operation and effectually worketh in us. Hebrews 4.12. Again, not just words on a, on a page, but the words of God. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That word of God is powerful. You know, in Romans 1.16, Paul says that, Concerning the gospel, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, 
for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The power of God unto salvation. That's the word of God, how powerful it is. To take us out of Adam and to put us in Christ. Un un unreal. It, it. To stand knowing we are renewed day by day. 2 Corinthians 4.16. Encouraging. 2 Corinthians 4.16. Second Corinthians four sixteen. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. Man, that's encouraging. You know, I worked thirteen hours on that house the first day, and by the end of the day, I was frazzled. My my body was just beat beyond beat. But I was trying to get as much done as I could because I wanted to get it done in the next two days. But I didn't think about this verse, that how in the midst of that I was being renewed that day. Ephesians 4.23. And again, this is all what the Word does to us. Ephesians 4.23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In Colossians 3.10. Colossians 3.10. And have put on the new man which is, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. In closing, to stand. To stand in our source, the inspired word of God. To stand fast in the gospel. To stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ is, hath made us free. To, f to stand fast in one spirit with one mind. To stand fast in the Lord. You know, in the midst of today, and every day that in society today, we get bombarded a lot. But if we stand in the midst of, of, our, of our bombardment, of our daily activities, you're going to have peace of mind. You're going to have that joy, and you're not going to become frustrated or distracted. And that's all I have, so we'll close in a, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today, Lord. Father, I pray that your word, the power of your word, the power of your gospel, that it finds a place in our hearts each and every day, Father, that it, we can be renewed. The outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. I thank you for today, Father. I thank you for the overcast. I thank you for the heat. I love the heat, Father, in Arizona. And, Father, I just thank you for who you are and who we are in Christ Jesus. I pray that you continue to watch over the Geddens and anybody else that's in the congregation of those listeners that are having medical issues, Father. Give them peace of mind and allow their mind to be rested in you, Father. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.